Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Every Second Counts podcast with Matt and Tom. Currently, Matt's out on location. He has a real life doing real things. So it's me, the lonely man band by myself, but I am joined tonight and I'm actually excited about it. Um, I just don't have anyone on, on my podcast. I just don't talk to anyone. Um, but I have an author, an army veteran, a mother, just something with big Texas looking cows, steers. Um, so before I even get into it, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Miss Betsy Ross. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Finally. Absolutely. 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 You see, you see what the problem was. I was like, you know what? Before I wanted to get you on and scheduled, I was like, this will give me pressure to read the book. Because I got I got I got a whole gang of books that I bought and only a couple get read. You know what I mean? You get motivated one day. And then you just you're like, I'm going to read that book. So I didn't I want that to ha- I didn't want it to happen. So so I, I I read it and um it's not a long read per se, but the the how how you have it with the the words in the pages, like long form, is that what would what would that be called? I'm not sure. I mean, I purposely wrote it short the way it was, but. Oh no no um, I'm I'm talking I'm talking like the um how you have it the the format uh, of the wording yeah. you know what I mean it, it it seemed intense at the size of the uh, of the book but I'll tell you what it it kept it kept you engaged That's good So what what are you doing currently right now as an author as an author, I have, I guess, a lot of other works in pros- progress with uh, different types of books now. Um, but the fight series, even though it's technically done, I'm still pushing the fight mission, which is beyond just the books themselves. It is pushing that PTSD awareness, the awareness of just veterans in general, just the daily acts of life. I mean, everyone's affected by it, not just veterans, but I just chose to focus on veterans because I am a veteran and I struggled. And I knew a lot of veterans would struggle as they transitioned out of the military as well. So I definitely use that, I guess, selfishly to keep in contact with veterans and staying, I guess, through my own self journey that, you know, Anything is possible if you just continue to lead like you used to, to uh, have that camaraderie again and have each other's back again. So that's that's really where I push just the fight series and fight mission. It's more than just a book series. Do you feel that that um, camaraderie is, in, for me, I think that's the number one thing that's missed because when you get out of whatever branch, you know, you're, you're always excited about it. And I mean, I wouldn't want to go back. Trust me, I'm, I'm good. But it's that that those conversations, those smoke pit conversations, those those rushes, those formations, those those little things that suck that you enjoyed with the company of those around you. I think that that's what I miss the most, because that then without that, it's just pure isolation. Yep, I would agree. I strongly agree. And what I mean, pure isolation is you could meet new people, but people like me, I don't want to meet new people. But, but but that's that's my thing. You know what I mean? Each people have their own thing. But one thing I do want to bring up, we're going to be all over. So you just might as well get a, get a, get used to that right now. We're going to bounce back and forth. It. <laughs> it's okay. But um, but um. With with the hero stock um, two weeks ago now, um, I think that that was a test for me personally to to meet a bunch of people that I've never met before, and it not be it. I don't volunteer for it. You know what I mean. I live in a small town now, in the middle of nowhere, and I only really see the people I work with, or who I live with, or like I don't see too many new people. So, so to, to go there, that was, that was a test. 
it would be for me too, but I'm still excited <laughs> for next year. Have you had any situations since you gotten out of the army to where you, you, something you went while you were still in the army, say you were going to a concert or you're going to the mall or out to dinner. Was there anything maybe in your daily life that was cool while you were still in? And then as soon as you got out, there was a change. While I was still in, I guess, I guess it didn't bug me as much as I was in, like to go to a store or mm -hmm. just whatever. It was kind of, I guess, just whatever. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of people in general, but it's more of, I don't know. I guess it never really clicked with me until I got out and go, wow, I don't like being around people. I miss the camaraderie and the people I was with while in uniform, but for some reason, I don't know, understand fully the phenomenon. But once I got out, it was like, I think there was just so much pressure and everything within going inside of my head at the time where I was, I wasn't there to be nice with anyone. I wasn't trying to make friends with anyone. It was more of a survival of just trying to make it the next day. Cause I was, I was couch surfing. So mm -hmm. I, didn't really. And I jumped into school thinking that'd be fun. It wasn't not really, but I mean, it got to me, got me where I am today, but, uh, but looking back, it sucked and it wasn't fun, but I, and I'm also not near a military base. So I felt like there was like an instant disconnection with my chain of command. That wasn't their problem anymore. Uh, there wasn't anyone around me and the few vets that are around me that kind of spoke with me because my truck had the in memory of all my fallen comrades. And mm -hmm. so it was, our, it was spark conversation. And then you would, you would meet other veterans, but then it was like, the more we spoke, it was like, because of just where I was, I wasn't there all the way. So I probably just looked weird or that I was just stolen valor or just like, I was just weird. And I knew that but I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know how to say, mm -hmm. I just got out that I'm just going through a lot that I just have a lot on my plate right now that I'm couch surfing. I'm, I'm living out of my truck, but I didn't say that. So they didn't mm -hmm. know. And so. But do you think it would have mattered? It was hard even just talk to veterans. Um, Personally, like for yourself. I probably would feel less judged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. But it's, sometimes what well, I there think. There was just a lot. Mm-hmm. I, th I think um, that that's the hard that's the hard space right there, where you want that relief because you're like holding your breath. You want to just tell people things. You want to let them know, and then what? Well, once once you're able to, you just want to just you know let them have all of it. But that's that vulnerability that you don't want other people to see either, because there's a weakness or you know it's a flaw or you got a problem or judgment. So I think it's easier to not say anything in the beginning until you, you know, because we all have um, different emotions. And when, when we get out of situations, deployments, or, you know, you lose someone or when you get out, that's a whole lot going on. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, you got to sit back and just let, settle in a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. Because even after I got out, I was still getting phone calls or messages that some of my friends that I served with had committed suicide. And so even away from it all, I still felt attached enough where I was going through my own problems and yet someone had committed suicide and I wasn't there. Did and so feel, there was so much did pressure. Did you feel anything about that? Or oh, absolutely. It, was it people you worked with or people you knew? If that makes sense. Um, friends, I'd more call them friends because we were different companies, but mm -hmm. it was, uh, and there were a couple who committed suicide that were different brigades, but because of the barracks parties and because of just those uh, mandatory fun days that you just happen to see each other in crossing. So we, we were technically acquaintances. We were friends. We drank together. They were more acquaintance-like if you were civilian, they'd be more acquaintance-like. But when you're in the military, it just feels like that's a bond. That's an instant friendship right away. So uh, but that's kind of hard to describe. I, 
I think the Army and the Marine Corps is a little different about that. About um, you know, everyone hates everybody. Everyone, oh, we still hate, you know, sure. grills everyone. <laughs> you stare at everyone, but I know I know what you mean. Everyone, you if you're in that situation and you're with someone, no matter what you're dealing with, meaning if you're at work or you're at the range or you're deployed or you're doing workups, you're going through the same environment to where no one else in your life is doing that besides them. You know what I mean? No one else outside your work family per se, no one else is doing that. So no one can get it or understand it. I think. I would agree. I would agree though. I'm, I was the gung ho type. I wanted to, be cool with everyone. I wanted that camaraderie people always talked about. I wanted that family beyond the environment where you could depend on anyone for anything. And I wanted that. So I think I was just the first person like, I'll be your friend. <laughs> Let's hang out. Let's drink. Let's do this. Because um, I was one of the few people also who had a vehicle on post. So I'd help give rides. I'd help, you know, in Ms. that Popular. way. So I, I was not actually. <laughs> You had the car. Uh, you you were. Away. I was squared away until I got injured. Then I was a piece of shit. But you know, whatever. Everyone turns into a shit bag. I know. What is up with that? I don't get it. So, <laughs> so what I'm getting is because I feel I feel like a trend, and I thought it was like a me thing. But how you just stated it, when you got out, the only thing you were doing things just to stay busy. But maybe you didn't know what you were doing, but psychologically you were just, I'm going to go to school now. I'm going to do this. So you just try to keep it going because if you sit still too long, then, then you, you know, you're thinking too much or you start overthinking or, you know, memories creep up. I know I, I'm a prisoner of my own mind. Me too. So I, I think, I think that's a, a thing when, when people are fresh out, there's that relief. There's like a relief of judgment. Like I could do what I want now. Like, like, I mean, some people lose their damn minds, but you know, now you're out. Like I've seen too many people too excited to get out, like too excited. Like, like, why'd you join? But, but you know, yeah. they get out and then like you said, they, they don't have that camaraderie that, that closeness, that relationship, and then everything, all bells and whistles are going off because they don't know what they're doing because they erased their four, eight years, whatever, 12, whatever years they served. Now, if they didn't plan properly and, and let's be honest, you can't plan properly. There's no, there's no planning. There's no planning. See, you thought I was going to go the other way. <laughs> there's no, there's no you can't properly plan because not that you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time. Yeah. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Do you think, did you deal with anything like that? Get getting out just that sense itself. I did to an extent because as I'm sure you and I may have spoke about, or and I know I have in other interviews regarding those um, out processing classes, they do try to prepare you to find a job. They try to be there, you know, motivate you to go to school. They try to be, you know, you know, take the smart route. They try, but they, what they did didn't actually work for me. But like you said, you know, you're only going to these classes, you know, a few hours a day, one or two days, I think is out processing for certain things. And then, um, and then you have to, uh, well, at least in the army where you just sign, sign out all these things I didn't even know existed on post. And then they kind of just, you got your DD 42. Well, I can't even talk now. DD 214. And that was it. Like you just, you, you leave, but those classes like don't really do anything. They like, here, think about this. So your sense is already over overload. You're thinking you about what to do next. Let me ask you a question. Um, how was it? doing your final physical and everything in the army. Uh, I can't remember what they actually call it, but it's, yeah, you basically just have your appointment where you're talking to a doctor and Is there's it only your one doctor. Visit. Uh, 
I think I seen them once or twice before because of my injury. I'd already knew them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, if it wasn't for the injury, I think it wouldn't have been anyone who would have known me at all. The reason I ask is because because we're talking about the process and getting out. Um, how weird was it when you went to that appointment and then when you walked out and your whole time in, they talk about when you're getting out. How How weird was it like that wasn't even real for me? <laughs> It wasn't as real because I didn't understand the appointments, you know, when you get out, go to see the civilian doctors, all, you know, all this stuff. I didn't know any of that. So, you know, they probably told you during the class and whatever, but I just think it it was hard because you're trying to process it. Like you said, it's only a week, like less than a week long. And a lot of it's writing elevator speeches, like, and I, I was on, um, Carlisle Barracks, uh, the Army College, went when I was retiring, and I'm 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 retiring with colonels, people that only did you know four or five years, and but but we're getting the same class, but it's a completely different dynamic because mm-hmm. everyone on the left side of the room, let's say, they should be able to be good to go, but everyone on the right side, let's say they only been thrown to the wolves for a little bit and now you're trying to throw them back. So it's, you're not properly preparing them as well as you did for everything else. It's a very good point. It, it is scary. I don't think people realize just, it sounds small. It sounds like you can just talk about going to college, talk about getting, uh, starting a career. Cause you know, you join the military, you have experience and what, <laughs> Because, I mean, when you're in the military, yeah, you have an MOS or job, your job title, but you don't always just do your job. You do so much. So you're getting all this information being thrown at you. Like I said, it it is only a few days long, and then you're you're out. So a few days' time, you're still processing what is your next step. Okay, sure, you applied for this college. Okay, you did this and that, but, you know... uh, you won't know what that first step is actually going to be like until you're going through it and you're going, and then it's like you let go of the wheel and you're like, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't want it. Get it away. I don't know what's going on. That's kind of how it was for me. But kind of like you said, when you're getting stuck, you don't want to sit still at the same time. Oh, for me, I didn't want to sit still because I was overthinking everything. I was, well, I was definitely overthinking everything because I was like, what if I go to school? What if I do this? No, I don't need to do that. But I was living out of my truck anyway. So it's like, what am I going to eat out of what what's going on? So it was it was hard because I didn't want to be that veteran either as far as like begging. Hey, I need a meal. I serve my country. Feel sorry for me. Let's go. I need a burger. I need something. So it's like I was stuck on so many sides of morality and ethical and everything else. So it was, I was not in a good place. Mm -hmm. Could you talk to anybody at the VA when you got out? Do you think it was the opportunity was there, but the strength and courage to do it wasn't? The only thing I really jumped to the VA for was for my injury, which they denied Mm -hmm. me for anyway. But there was a time I finally talked myself into speaking with someone as far as making an appointment to speak with a counselor, but they told me they, I couldn't speak with anybody. I know now that's a lie and I could have probably pushed my way in, but I didn't know anything. And I was so, when I say things, it was kind of like Alice in Wonderland, like left was right, up was down. When you, I know you've read fight and I'm sure you even remember all that but it was like everything was backwards reverse like I couldn't just talk if people said yes I thought they said no it was like my brain could not comprehend breathing and talking at the same time like it was so I my brain was so overloaded with stress and uh, survival mode and school and exams and just trying to find myself again where I was nothing made sense life didn't make sense my whole purpose was gone 
my military experience was worthless. It was like, I just didn't know why I was even alive. So again, I think that's what pushed me to try to make an appointment with the VA, but they said I wasn't medically discharged and therefore I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. So that was my only attempt with trying to talk to the VA about the mental health. When, when we get off here, let me, uh, I'm going to holler at you about something. I got, I got something for you for that. Um, so why, why fight? Where does that, where does that come from? As far as the situation, you're in a shit show situation. You're, 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 you're trying to figure out out of the military life you take it where where do you muster all this you know how long did it take you from when you got out you know what i mean like walk me through that that journey um there was that dark dark time was probably about three years long and then after that i met my current husband now we started a family and then Somewhere in that time frame is when I decided I really want to publish a book. I've always wanted to write a book. And then I was like, well, what would I write about? And then through everything I'd gone through and just going about life and me always thinking, I realized veterans don't really get talked about enough. At least I don't feel like it. Now I feel I see all these new organizations. I'm like, well, the fights means nothing now. But no, at the no, time, I didn't no, hear about it. Talking. I didn't know about it. <laughs> no, I'm glad we're talking because I see I see the posts and I'm like, you don't know yet. Yes. Meaning, like, no matter the effort, when you're when you're in the social media battle and you're trying to do something right and you're trying to do something for good, you'll you'll put all your energy into a post. And get one fucking like. Let's just yeah. keep it. Let's just keep it real. And and you know what? Hopefully that that one is the one that you made it for. You know what I'm saying? But that's the problem. There's so much, and there's people like um like my homie Jason Steiner, um, creator of Hero Stock. It's people like him that share every boom, boom, boom. Eric Mello, boom, boom, boom. You know they share everything, and I think. You know, everyone's sharing everyone else's shit in, in our in our little group. But I mean, outside, I think that's the only way, as you as you were saying, for veterans to get to get it, because it's it's just like the mom and pop shops. You're not going to get it because everyone has to know. Everyone has to get in, and it's going to be that word to mouth. I feel that's the only way. Because I, I feel wholeheartedly that only veterans will help veterans because um, at many failed reels attempts in the past couple of days, I came up with the concept, you, you'll never fully trust anyone if you're in a bad position or PTSD or TBI or anxiety, depression, you're never going to feel a hundred percent trustworthy to anyone and it's not no one's fault but i think that's just that's part of the game what do you think about that it's a lot to take in um i would probably agree i mean it really depends on the person of course but for me i didn't like asking for help but i was also in a very semi-abusive relationship when i had gotten out not mm-hmm. the marriage I'm in now, but a previous relationship. And so I was already belittled and gaslighted and feeling vulnerable and fragile. And and so I was already not in a very good place. So asking for help was absolutely not. I mean, even as a veteran, I was sticking to my, my morals where I would not use that card where, oh, well, I'm a veteran. Please give me money. Give me food. Give me, you know, give me, give me. I didn't want to be that veteran either so it was it was it was hard for me but I also self-sabotage I was also you know drinking very heavily I was also you know basically purposely 
isolating myself because I didn't want other people to judge me. And it's like, well, I served my country. Why aren't you the badass that these movies are making you look like? Why are they, you know, you're a woman, but you know, you're supposed to be all big and tough. You're supposed to be able to handle anything, you know? And it's like, I wanted to do that. I'd be great. But emotionally and mentally, I was, I was lower than dirt is what it felt like. So it was, it was, is that all you think that's self-inflicted because of the isolation? I think part of it, I think it's a very, for me, it's catch 22 where I felt like, they tell you to do certain things like to get out more, talk more with other people. But when I did that, my anxiety is overloaded. And even with interviews, I'll get the deer in the headlight look and I'm like, okay, I'm panicking now. Okay. But so, but even in normal real life conversation, my anxiety like glitches. It's like my brain glitches and I just stop talking. And then people are like, okay, she's weird. And they just walk away. And it's like, it's like I have no communication of what just happened. I couldn't explain it. Now through the fight series and talking with other people, I'm like, this is semi-normal-ish. So now I don't, I I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm like, yes, I have issues. Yes, I'm socially awkward. And I will just stop talking in the middle of talking because my brain just, it literally just shuts off. No, that's, that's why I, So I don't interview well. So I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> well, I, I don't interview well as well. So, um, so, so the good thing is understand that. I, I think the cool thing is you, you're, you're in the group now and you're, and you're able to talk with more people and see that it's normalized your feelings, your thoughts, it's normalized. And I think that's why that's the power of your book and, and things that all the all nonprofits are doing or veteran organizations that they're trying to do because I see it and I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm not the guy to go. That's someone in a wheelchair or missing a, a, a wheel or missing an eye. They get to go hunting or they get to go do that stuff. And then, you know, we, we do that self um, sabotage and, and it's like, you know what? No, I I'm, I'm going. So I think once you stop caring, what the narrative is supposed to be for me, for like for myself, I just stopped caring. And it, it is what it is. Like, yeah, everyone, you're always going to worry. But when you don't care, like for, for my purpose, what your purpose is, I feel for me, and, and I just want to know if you agree with it, since I'm on a rambling ta- uh, tan- uh, tangent right now, I'll just say this. It's easy to do your posts it's easy to to promote fight to to talk about it to do it because you were driven to do it i definitely was i definitely was that's why i appreciate that you actually had read it because it's hard to describe it it's hard to describe it and i can talk all day about it i love it i love reading i mean at least talking about it but the book itself is unique. It's not meant to be just a, you know, entertainment type book. Can it be? Sure. But it was written in a very unique way where it was, it had a purpose beyond just entertainment. It mm-hmm. was meant to spread that awareness about veterans and suicide awareness and mental health awareness and why PTSD needs to be talked about. That, you know, even just the everyday life can have, trigger anything anybody and people don't realize what's really going on and i mean yes a lot of we're just very misunderstood creatures if you will veterans but no one wants to talk about it because we want to be all badass which is cool we are but we have our moments where we just need a moment (laughs) but we need that understanding (laughs) no i agree with that and i think i think um when veterans start seeing it to be okay, I think it's a process to, to start that it's okay. I was fortunate enough. I was um, I was on recruiting duty for for a long time, and I was always in the public per se, and so I was forced. So isolation is easy for me now. You know what I'm saying? It's easy, but I I know how to turn it on. I could be. 
I could be out there talking, no problem. But to muster up that energy and strength, you know, it, it there's a lot to do this. Like even to do this podcast, it's like it, it, it becomes a struggle sometimes just because you 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 have that whole beginning, middle, and end conversation with yourself before you even even did anything. You already lost before you did anything. And I think I think yeah. that's a problem that we deal with as as well. Because it's so easy to win because in the military it's competitive. It's how you are as a person. Meaning competitive as far as no one wants to be the fat soldier or the fat marine. You know what I'm saying? No everyone yeah. wants to be their peak. That's why you joined to be I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say, I'll say everyone wants to be the best version of themselves or be, you know, everything they thought they would be when they joined. And I think a lot of when, when, you know, when you get out, you either realize that didn't happen or you matured from that and grew from that. And I think a lot of people, when, when they, when they get out, if they're still in that mindset, what did I accomplish? Do I have these boxes? I still got to check in front of me. That Then you're always going to be checking them. It's very right. <laughs> what do you think about that. that? I get that. I, I would agree. I think I saw that. I'm pretty sure I saw it in myself too. So because I didn't plan on being injured. I didn't plan on being a shitbag soldier or being on profile at times. And I didn't plan that. I think, so. I think that's, I think that's the biggest problem too. Um, I don't know where, I don't know if that's still the stigma. I, I don't know. I talk to all these people. I see all these silly things on, on, on the internet. And I don't know if it's still like that. Like if you could still just kick it because there's a difference. And I was thinking about this today. Like I was saying earlier, there's a difference. There's a different racism in the military. There's meaning there, there there's no, there, there's a togetherness. You could be yes. how you want to be with no matter where you're from in the country or the world or the States, you just vibe. You could be from Maine and meet someone from Louisiana and just, kick you know what i mean just from different worlds and i think once you get out and you're with local people and they you don't see the magic that you saw in other people when you're localized that's very true too it's a it, i just think um the hardest part of getting out is getting out because it's easy to stay in People say that, and I don't mean that in a negative way. When I when I say it's easy to stay in, it's harder. The mentality of staying in is easier because your your routine, what you do, your job, it's it, it becomes your lifestyle. And then when you got to break it, you're not just getting out of the military. You're you're changing your whole life structure. So there's a whole lot that has to get pushed back. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. I don't think a lot of people realize that, though. I wish that would be mentioned in the out processing process because people don't realize they're really it's kind of an, another unknown. Because like you said, you're used to that structure. You know what to expect. Even if they move you to another brigade, I'd imagine you have an understanding of what that process is going to look like. Different people, but the process is pretty much the same. But when you get out... There's so many different variables involved with that. And because civilians don't have the same mindset as veterans do. I see that in the corporate world big time <laughs> because I'm, I think I'm the only veteran and it makes me feel weird. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I wonder, I I wonder sometimes. That. So I, I retired after 20 years. And when you're in that position, you can't ask anyone any questions because no one has retired yet that you still work with. And then everyone you talk to that, or it's the same thing when you're getting out. How are the classes? Oh, they're bullshit. Or how's this? And then you're in them and, and then you go through that week and you're like, ah, this was, I, cause I was freaking out. 
I was like, I got to do a resume. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I was sweating it. And then, and then, then, you know, you're there for an hour and you're like, yeah, this is five minutes up here. This is the VA class. This is the most important class you're going to get all week. Write everything down. Roger that. (laughs) Roger that. So I don't get a book. The most important thing I need to know. And you just tell me you're the fill in Roger that. Thank you. But I I think, you know, that, and every time all the instructors I had, you should have saw when I got out, you got a punch in the face and they threw you off the base. You know what I mean? It was like, they didn't teach me shit when I got out. And it was like, well, you just participated with not letting me know anything. You gave me a little bit more, but I think it's that process. You you could do it up to 18 months. Like when I retired, you could do it almost 18 months out. (laughs) I wouldn't remember half of that three months out. Same. It was a lot of information. I guess most of it was probably useless information for me, but uh, yeah, I, no, even during that whole week, I probably couldn't repeat anything just because there was just so much information thrown at you. And they kind of just, they had to quickly go through the next thing. You know, I did get a lot of push on uh, contract work. They really push in that. So there was like, they talked about that a lot and then they jumped to another subject and then they jumped to the another subject, maybe resume stuff. Then they jumped to, well, here's this university. This person's here to talk to you about this university, which is a local university. And I wasn't the local at that post. I went back home. But uh, so it was like, this is useless. I mean, yeah, I wrote things down, but at the end of the day, I was so lost. I didn't know where I was going. And I was like, okay, we're throwing all this away. Cause I'm, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Just blank slate. <laughs> no, I'm a pack rat. I, w- I was, um, when I was building my recording studio, obviously I was going through a lot of the VA books and stuff that they gave me, never cracked them, never looked at them, telephone book stuff. And I, and I was just like, how do I make it? How do I survive not knowing what was in these books? And I think it's the process. Like you said, you're not getting out to where you're local. Like in the Marine Corps, if you were on the East Coast, you went to Lejeune because I was on recruiting duty. I, I was able to be on an army base. You know, that was the closest base. But everyone else, if I was in regular, I would have went to North Carolina. The world went there. Everyone went there. And it's like, well, I'm not retiring there. I'm not going to college there. I'm not looking for a job there. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's that, as you brought that up, that's a, that's a big point. And there's no, if you don't have enough days on the books, you don't get that extra leave or that terminal. And then it's like, well, there's not enough time. There's such a push, I think, to get out. Once you're eligible to get out, there's such a push to once you get out, you're like, wait a minute. I always had someone help me do this. There was a, there was a building for people to answer these questions. You know what I mean? And then, and then suddenly you're lost in the dark. I may have had people who could have helped me, but I think I was just so lost where I was just, cause I was, I was being chaptered out. I kind of got talked into, but I accepted it as, you know, I was injured, no good. My unit was deploying, so they had to chapter me out. And so I kind of felt pushed out. So I think I was already bummed that I felt like I failed. You know, you joined the Army to do this and that, and I end up just being injured. And now I'm not being medically discharged. I'm being chaptered out, which sounds bad. Mostly chapters have to do with negative things. But in this case, it was, we are deploying in three months. You have got to get out so we can get able bodies in here. It was just and so I was quote. already bummed. What was it? RE4? RE3? RE4? I don't remember my code, but I think R something. Uh, I mean, it was medical related, but it was still very, I think I was just bummed about that. So even going through that process of out-processing, I was like, not, I don't care. You're Uncle not there. Sam hates me. I hate me. And I'm, I got, I felt washed out. Like, I, I went from super gung-ho to nobody. Like, I didn't do anything cool. I didn't do anything fantastic. I have no story to tell. This is BS. S- scam. S- just bullshit. 
So I was already bummed about that. And then, of course, just being in a very bad relationship. And then it was just nothing good going for me. And so it was, I think going out, getting out, I think I was just like, yeah, I want to go to school. I was definitely tested on that. But after that, it was like, I don't care where I end up. And I think, I think that's, um, that's hard. That's hard to, to, to recover from when you're, you're going from an institution that you're meaning institution as the army, where you have all these carrying arms and then you, you, your, your home life was a shit show per se. I'll just say that. And then you're trying to, you know, you're, you're getting out, you're getting pushed out. And now it's like, what was the point of all this? It was a lot of wasted time and energy. And I think, but I think it's powerful to realize that it, it that it's not because, mm-hmm. because if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't be able to write these books. You wouldn't be. I able think that's to, the only thing that saved me. That's probably I the mean, only reason I'm still alive right now. No, I believe that wholeheartedly that, that if, 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 when I and I said this a thousand times, veterans are the only people that could save veterans because you're only enough in the mind space to at least understand it cognitively. Look at that using college words, but you know, you, you want to break you want to break that out to where someone they understand, like you were in the army, you might say some BDU weird shit to me, but I, I don't use that terminology, but I I know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? And and I think that that's what you were saying earlier, where we all just kind of connect no matter what you, because of the situation you're in. And then when you get out and you're just there, how did fight come to you? Fight. Fight was, I think there was just an initial where I wanted to write something and then it was, we need to, write about veterans. So I know veterans <laughs> kind of. And uh, then I started realizing people don't talk about the, the just the days in and out of just life because of mm-hmm. my own struggle. And so I was like, I don't hear enough people talk about this. And so I kind of, I just sort of formulated different characters of different backgrounds. And I started more or less interviewing other veterans. Of course, my husband is also infantry and he knows people and he still has some connections with the inside world, if you will. So mm-hmm. there are people able to talk to me and give me some insight on things. And I wanted to make it a real as realistic as possible. So I needed their feedback, but even though it's fiction. Um, so I did get some insight on that, but I, I started with just fight. It was meant to just be a one book. It wasn't meant to be a series, but I wanted to put as much of that, initial getting home out of the military and what people don't talk about. Cause I was trying to explain certain things to my family who are air force, but they, they weren't understanding why I was just being distant, why I didn't want to just talk about the military. And yet I was, you know, they spoke some things and I would just be like, just vomiting of just different jargon and stuff. I was like, I wanted to talk about the military, but I didn't want to talk about the military and it was like I was caught in between, but no one was understanding. And it was just those little things where I'm like, I can't make friends. My family don't understand me. And I started losing connection of everybody, even veterans. So I started just formulating a way. How can I express different things to fellow veterans, um, but also help myself through my own insanity, if you will. Like it didn't make sense. And then fight two was kind of brought up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I ain't on fight two yet. Don't don't worry. I I, I don't want to jump there yet. I want you to be able I to talk about I it. <laughs> but I, I had a, I had a quick question about it. Now yeah. the the interesting part about fight um, was the flashbacks. For those that haven't read it yet, for those that are gonna read it. I found that to be interesting because it, it I'm, I'm not the most coherent, you know what I'm saying? So reading it, I had, I, I understood it once that once I got a little more into it and, and the story was feeding it, you, you saw that you, I don't want to 
you know, put it out there for everyone, but you, it all weaved together and wove together and it, it made more sense. And they, they were all and and, and, and regardless of the, the metaphor that I got out of it could be placed in any time, any situation of anyone that served because of, because of that, because no, everyone's going to deal with PTSD, the symptoms, but your reaction, your perspective, and how you're dealing with it is going to be completely different from someone else. But if I'm wearing um, camis and you're wearing camis, we get it. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying. And a lot of other people, a lot of other people won't see it that way. They won't get it. But I think the problem is, it's the perspective. And it, it, along with my journey itself, the the more I see things, I, I overthink it, and I have these conversations with myself because I'm a loon. But other people that you may talk to don't have the same perspective, and I think that conversation is the is the biggest key because when you explain, if, if someone says something to you, how you perceive it and how they meant it can mean two different things but if you're off the wrong thing that relationship is on that wrong path because of the perception and i think that happens a lot with 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 people getting out because like you said you can't make them understand the emotion the feeling or you know how how things are playing out for you mentally you can't draw that write it out or explain it agreed So, so uh, I didn't know if you were going to say anything else, but no. So, so I think, yeah. I think that the powerful part about reading this um, fight was the, the perspective of different people throughout the book and the different, different things that they had to go through and different obstacles of every day similar but different and and how they how they had to navigate on a daily basis and i think it painted a good picture i think um i read it in a in a, like a movie kind of format like i could i i could you did a good job descriptively and like i said i'm not an english teacher but i was able to paint that picture while reading it and it made sense to me because i i made it the story how i saw it and it made it, it made a lot of sense mm -hmm. in the details and and what they were dealing with was for veterans very easy to understand. If you've been to sick hall or a VA hospital, it's very easy to understand. And I think the majority of people that that read it, and when they when they read it, you 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 you'll want to get the next book to see how, how it works out because I think, I think it's the storyline of it is so powerful with the P PTSD message, the effects on the individual on a daily basis and their relationships with their families and, and, and certain things. I think that is something that's ignored because a lot of, I, I've heard this multiple times. You're always happier when you're talking to them or you're always happier doing this. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't control it, but it's those, you know, that's that. I, I think it's the serotonin that, you know, that's that you're just excited and, and being happy to be around those people and, and, and it gets you going. I think it's an emotional thing. And I think that's why Hero Stock was so badass because no matter, you know what I'm saying? No matter what, you missed it, but. I know, <laughs> but 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 no matter the situation, it was cool just being able to break that bread, and yeah, I think it broke down a lot of people's walls. I'm not going to talk for no one; I only talk for myself. But I think, you know, it, it was good icebreaker on the test of of being able to just meet people and go out there and do it, and and not think twice about it. I di I didn't see anyone backing away or worry. I think it only formed relationships what's brian got to say that's exciting yeah yeah i get jealous every time y'all talk about it 
No, no. And it, it, and I'll tell you what, it was weird because I, I told the story um, before I might've told you, but the thing, the thing with me was I went, I went out to do a ultra run to watch one in June with people. I know people I maybe met once or twice. And when I got there, it was like, it was a different situation. I wasn't cool, calm and collective. It was wild. Like I was standing there by myself, freaking out, like, cause I didn't really know these people, but I knew them and they're great people, but I'm, I'm the weirdo. Like I am. So like it took, it was weird. I, I probably made the whole situation weird for everyone, but when I went to hero stock, I didn't have that. So I think that, 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 that to me, that was the big part that, that really changed things because I think having that outlet, as you write these books, that's an outlet to be able to grow and find new emotions in a, in a, every day to where you could push yourself to grow. What do you think? I would strongly agree. Uh, that makes my day that you were able to get everything I intended in that story as far as the backstories and everything. They do wove together. That's and it is kind of, I guess, set up in a movie-like way. Because even as I reread it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of did that. But, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot I wanted to say. And I know that there's other veterans struggling. And I knew I wasn't alone. So I kind of, I definitely used fight as my own outlet as well. Because I felt like I was crazy. So I needed an outlet. And I had a lot to say. So throughout all my characters, I expressed a piece of myself. And it has helped me. And that's, I've even had readers say that as the books go on, you can tell the characters are, are growing as well. So I know could, when I put myself in there. You could tell if, if those that read the fight book, the whole series, all four books are just the first one to start off with. If you go on Amazon, um, leave a, uh, a review. When you see one, I, I didn't know you had to sign in. But it says Amazon verified customer or something. That's me. You'll see all these educated reviews, and then you'll you'll know mine, my caveman answer. Because I saw the other ones you posted, and I was like, "Jeez, great job, everybody!" <laughs> it, I I was like, I was like, ah, uh, these people actually they read it. They could give grammatic reviews. They they could. Talk about sentence placement and periods. No, I couldn't care. I think the book, um, and I think you made a post about it before I even started reading about it. Like, if you if you see any grammatical issues or anything, and I was like, I ain't the one. Or someone could have put it, or someone, I think someone made a review, and I'm just like, yeah. really? And I, I, I think it's bad for you. I, I don't know how why you want reviews for a book you wrote to get the, the 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 pain out and then you want to get punched right in the face with with people oh you see what i'm saying does that make sense oh it does and i do need reviews reviews are very important for especially for self-published authors anyway because i could talk about it all day and i can say it's great but unless someone else says it no one's gonna believe me um <laughs> but uh it's i've had some pretty harsh reviews very very harsh reviews but uh, that was early on for sure i even had fellow veterans who i'm gonna say bashed me as for just talking about ptsd in the way i did um they didn't like i guess that i was i don't know if they were just upset i was talking about it or what or bringing certain things to light why are you talking to the, about why are you talking about the military in this way why are you talking about suicide in this way? Um, I I don't know. Yeah, starting off, I was I was really struggling, and so you know, when my own vet, my own fellow veterans, you know, were coming after me, I was like, well, then I really am a nobody. But it wasn't until I really started getting to know DV Radio and Bo and them and other veteran organizations who actually started having my back. That's when I was like, okay, all of you suck there are veterans who are cool now so so oh, no. oh, and that's no. when i started I, really pushing uh, it again 
I, I gotta I gotta watch what I say about that because I, I you can't act like I don't want to say I'm I'm in a victim state, but I think I think there's people I know that I worked with for a long time that don't support what I'm doing. Family. You know, they're always gonna have and I'm not saying me, I have all this family that doesn't like but as we spoke before and said, not everyone got the jam. A lot of people don't want to know about, you know what I'm saying? But I like the un- the uniqueness of it and how raw it was, because that's that, that's the only way it was made for veterans to read. Yes, everything. If you're a for, uh, first responder, if you, if you you know, I think it the message overall could help a lot of people with mental health. But I think it's a great book for veterans because it's relatable. It's very relatable. And I, I, I normally read biographies, um, a lot of SEAL biographies, a lot of military books. I, I don't want to sound like I'm important. It mainly a couple biographies. But the difference is it, it kept my interest because while you read it, you want to see where the story goes. And if you deal with any factor or you served in the military, you get that sense of wanting to see how it plays out. If you were ever in that position where you worked with someone or you had to deal with someone, excuse me, that, that you had, that you, maybe you came across in life. It's a good book to, to, to push out there. And I think, I think the messaging is the problem because I think that's, that's, that's the life we, the hard part is it's it's the first gem that you've written, but I, I don't think it's the last. I think if you, you put together a series, I think I think you could adapt it into a, to, to other series and other books, and, and then that's what's going to shine. That's what I think because it's easy. How can I say it? It's not easy. It's easy to read, to come across the books, read them, and then, and then be like, all right, that was a good book series. But when you're hitting them, you know what I'm saying? You, you keep writing. So you put something out. W- what is the next journey? What are you jumping on next? Well, I, I have one. Well, I'm hoping it'll be a novel. I've jumped on another one where it's called Fighting Me. And then I have other fictional, more entertainment type books started as well. But as far as mental health, fighting me would be the next one. Uh, I don't really know what to call it yet. I need beta readers big time because I don't know what to really call my work anymore because it's self being self-published. There's like a, a de- I don't know, a decorum. I don't know if that's the word. Uh, etiquette. There's etiquette going on in the author community, especially self-published authors. And I don't even know how to describe my own work. I just like, I just want to write. Why? But when you self publish it, you have to describe it. And then of course, promoting it. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Same as fight fights fictional, but it's military related. How did you, what do you mean? Explain to me. Cause I'm, I'm not there self published. Like I know you wrote it, you self published. Yes. I got that. But what does that mean? And, uh, and I'll explain why after you give a great answer. Um, well, I go through Amazon, but I I basically put in the search keywords. I'm the one who uploads the manuscript. I'm the one who puts together a cover, which I've created all my covers personally, but I will upload it into the, the program, if you will, that's self publishes, puts together your work and do a book. And I am the one who's formatting it and, uh, for the most part, at least in the beginning, I was the one editing it. I was the one putting, I was doing all the legwork that a normal publisher would do for other mm-hmm. people. So that's what that means. What about the, so that they print it as well? They print it. And as soon as you order it through Amazon is when they will start printing it. Oh, bad. All right. Yeah. Cause it made sense. I saw a date on somewhere and I was like, Oh yeah, July 9th, twenty twenty three. I was like, she she just printed this out in her garage for me. That, like, <laughs> like so. No, I'm glad you. I'm not that well off. No. 
I'm making hats. I'm making shirts. I'm making books. Oh, I no, wish. I no, wish. I, I'm glad. No, the reason I asked for that is maybe one day someone will listen to this podcast. And the, and the reason I asked is that is such a tool. I don't know. There's probably a thousand out there, but I think having the courage to write your own book and then self-publish it, self-promote it, you can't. I mean, as, as much as a failure you want to look at yourself as, because it's not, you know, New York Times top 10, but I'll, I'll tell you what, that's a, I didn't write a book yet. There's a lot of people that will never write a book, let alone a book series with plans to write other books. And I think that's good for people to see as far as um, the, the personal growth that I could do that. And I think it's easy because veterans, like you said, it's easy, you know, you, all veterans, dog tags and capes and all this rhetoric bullshit. And, I, I, and you know, you got to look this way or sound this way or like you were saying, how you come across might not be the way other people want to hear it or or view it or see it. But when, when you just put it out in raw form, that takes a lot of courage. And I, and I think that's great for other people to see because that could save someone's life. You said it helps save yours. I think seeing someone else do it is easier now for other people to want to do it if they if they had it in the cards. Like me, I'm going to write a book. It's about recruiting. It's called The Streets. But th but it wouldn't last long. It would probably get taken down immediately. <laughs> so if I if right. I how if I want to find out more about Betsy Ross, where can I look? Where can I go? Um, well, for the books themselves, they are only on Amazon and Audible. At least the first two are on Audible. Audible Fight 3 is being recorded. It's almost complete. Um, but as you far as general that? information, I did not. I probably should. I keep People keep saying that, but I don't know if I could. Uh, but I guess I could. I guess I could. Um, While you're making the books. I, yeah, might as well. Just, just record my own voice. I don't know. I don't. I think I sound annoying every time I rewatch all my videos, especially on TikTok. I'm like, God, that's what I sound like. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> I don't. But um, uh, oh, trust me, I'm a huge introvert, and I and I don't like talking to people. And people are like, Oh, you're always on Instagram. I don't like people. I don't like interacting. The goats and the dogs don't bother me too much. I'm out in the yard. It doesn't. It doesn't phase me. I think that's what people don't realize. It's easy when you're by yourself. Oh, I agree. <laughs> um, but I do have my website also up. Is fightwithbetsyross.com. Um, that's general information, of course. So I'll post any events I get to go to when I go to Hero Stock next year. That will be posted there. Any events I have, um, I go to, I'll be doing that too. Um, that's pretty much it for now as far as where to find it and any general information. I mean, obviously, there's Twitter or X, uh, Facebook, Fight with Betsy Ross, uh, Instagram. I think I'm under Betsy Ross author on Instagram. So and then I'm on TikTok. Places. I keep forgetting. I have TikTok now. Look at you out there i know i know I'm only took seven years yay finally we're so excited for uh jason's uh book review that that's what i'm excited yes. about he ordered I'm it before me or after me i would have just already listened to the books already but i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad I I'm... Hmm? <laughs> yes that makes it legit. Finally, it only then. took seven years. There it is. Someone finally says hello back in the darkness. In the darkness. <laughs> so check it out. I, I appreciate you coming on. I will have you back on because I already ordered fight two. And I'm excited when I get that. I'm going to read through that and have you back on. And I want to hear more about where the characters go and the outlook and and what your plans are for 
for doing what you're doing and and further on. So check out Betsy Ross author on on Instagram. You could just go on Facebook, type in Betsy Ross um, on TikTok and um, on on X. Everywhere else, you go to her website. What was the website again for the people? Fightwithbetsyross.com. Go on there, order the series. You got the audio, you got the books, you got the hardcover. When's the hardcover coming? <laughs> uh, I don't have a set date yet. TBD, I'm the hardcover. I know. So don't stand by. You could buy both. You can get the you can get the um the yeah. paper copy, and then when she drops the hardcover, go buy the hardcover. Probably get a signed yes. edition. But be on the lookout. Fight four book series, outstanding. Read it. It's a good book. It's been every second counts. We're out of here.